is it's week four of NFL. We're back. Me and John Golt are here to give you some final thoughts for the for the week-long slate of NFL. Because if you don't know, things have been going well for me and the big guy, John. And so uh, hopefully it is going well for you, too. We've, we've asked you some tough questions that have helped you make good decisions with your lineups. And you're having a little bit of success. Uh, what are we doing? Well, we're going to be doing a lot. But first of all, let's talk about this big-ass wheel. If you don't know, the big guy finally got to 3,000 followers today on Twitter, which is crazy because I had like 12 a day ago. So there you go. Go give me a follow on Twitter. Degenerate75. Um, and because of that, to celebrate, I'm going to be doing two drawings for Millie Maker tickets today, just to thank all you mother fathers that uh, like and retweet my stuff over there. Also, all you got to do is go drop in the comments to also get on this wheel. Tell me right now. Tell me right. Go, go down there right now and tell me this. Who's the one guy that's going to be the slate breaker tomorrow? Who's going to break the slate? That's it. Just go put it down there, and then your name will be on this big-ass wheel. We're going to do that at the end. We're not going to do it now, new guy, or you'll leave. I got I to gotta get you hooked, mother father. So, in case you are a new guy, which has been a lot of you this month, I'm the Degenerate 75. I'm a high-limit DFS player. I focus on golf and football, both college and NFL, and I make content every single day. You see this badass schedule up here? Look at this. Me and John do Monday Night Football and Thursday Night Football, the Showdown Hoedown. You're currently watching the Touchdown Hoedown, which is we do our preview on Tuesday. We do our final thoughts here on Saturday. Uh, and then, of course, I do golf on Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and I do college football on Friday. Yeah, I'm a busy mother father. So come check it out if you like the cut of my jib. So without further ado, let me bring in my partner in crime, the man that, that wins far too much money at NFL DFS. His name's John Gold JD. How you doing, brother? Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. I just, every week I, I'm so. like, you know, I'm not feeling NFL this week. And then I start, you know, diving in there and looking at the numbers. And then I get a play or two. And then I get this idea. And then I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. Let's go. Oh, this is another good GPP week, most definitely. Yeah, this, I mean, it's just it's it happens every week. Where I'm like, I don't know. I need a. I don't like this slate. And then by Saturday, I'm just like, fucking, I love this slate. This is the best slate all year. So that's where I'm at. Uh, you got any uh, any hot takes uh, that we need to start out before we just dive straight straight into contest selection? Um, I mean, when we go through the slate, there's some game by game takes, but overall, this is another like macro slate to look at and just kind of see. There's only a few games that have high over unders. And ownership's probably going to uh, get pretty congested in some of those games. So this will be a slate to be thoughtful about the games you play um, and how you attack the overrun games. So if I heard you right, you just said, hey, Degenerate75, play the nastiest stacks you're going to play all year. That's what I heard. Is that what you said? Because that's what I heard. I mean, that is a fairly decent takeaway from that. This is a week for gross stacks, I will yes. say. Yes, I love a gross stack. Let's go, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, I'm here for it. I'm here <laughs> for all of it. All right, little contest selection for tomorrow, man. I'm telling you, uh, I, I like the, the millionaire maker. I, I have a, If you haven't heard, John, I am doing my New Year's resolution for the entire, all the way through to this time next year. I'm not playing in any contest where more than a, a third or more of the prize pool goes to first, which excludes me from a lot of millie makers. However... The main one this week, the $20, only 25% goes to first. So technically, I can play in this one. Should I play in it, yes or no? Mm. I mean, yeah, the fun EV is definitely worth it to me. Um, but, I mean, and you need a pretty big bankroll to play it, like, smartly. Sustainably, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is the highest variance tournament. It probably has the highest expected value because, like, the average Joe that's firing off lineups from his toilet is firing him in this. And so... Um, like in terms of value, expected value, this probably has the highest, but the variance is also the highest. So you need a role to see the long term. I just and find NFL, it. We never really get to the long term. I just find it disgusting. You get 
you get ninth place out of 236,000 people and you get $10,000. That's so crazy. I finished third out of 200 and whatever thousand. Yeah, but $100,000 ain't gross, bro. Like $100,000. Okay. That's cool. That's worth it. <laughs> There's a big difference. You see, it's like, it's like after you got to finish top three, because after that, I, it just falls off like quickly, real quick. Yeah. The, 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 20 minutes or whatever that I spent with one milli on the, uh, the winning screen was, uh, was quite the letdown. Here's what I'll tell everybody. We say the same thing every week. So a lot of you are returning viewers. So we're not going to say the same thing. Go check out your single entries, uh, whatever price level you're at, rather that's the, you know, the $3, the $5, whatever it is, go check out your five max $33. If you're a medium level player, if you're a lower level player, you want to get 20 lineups in there, check out the 20 max $3, the 20 max $1. They have flatter payout structures. You're playing the same lineups as everybody else. Uh, $12 single entry, you can't go wrong. If you're kind of a higher-end player, you can never go wrong with $100 single entries, the $150 three maxes. That's your bread and butter spot. That's where you want to be, the $50 single entry, the $75 three maxes, uh, $200 single entries. That's where it's at. That, that There's so much value in just getting in tournaments and paying less rake and being in tournaments that you can have high sustainable finishes two or three times a year to cover your whole season. And if you're really lucky, maybe win for the season, uh, that I think that's where it's at. You got anything else you want to add to that, John? Because I don't feel like we need to say the same damn thing every week. No, yeah, exactly. I think we both had close calls in those tournaments you just highlighted there. Like I think you had a close call in the $150 free max, and I did in the $100 single entry. Um, but yeah, those are your bread and butter tournaments. I fire off in the 150 maxes too because DJ and I like to build lineups. But uh, but actually, oh, so one point I did want to make about uh, contest selection: they fixed the payout structure in the $5 150 max. Before it was like 50k to first and 10k to second, so now they've fixed it to 10% to first. So now mm. it's uh, you can see they fixed that structure. Wow, so that's significantly better. It's still wow. not quite um, fixed to like the 10% of first to 10th, yep. but it's fixed. Oh. It's significantly see, better. At, okay, so eighth place is still 10%. So that's not too bad yeah. though. Yeah, no, no, it's no, way, I, way, way better. Oh man, yeah. If you're if you're 100, I see. I would give. I I would definitely give my blessing. Not only would I give my blessing, I would encourage you. If you're a mass multi enter, this is the one you want to get in. This is so much better than it's been before. Yeah, they fixed it this week. I, I meant to put that out man, there this week. I'm not a 150 max guy at all, but I got to tell you, that's pretty tempting. That's pretty tempting. I might, I might, I might, I might throw some punts in there. I'll definitely be. I'll probably make 20 lineups like I always do, but I'll probably throw 20 of them in there just to. Just, just in case I hit the nuts. You know hey, where you can fire 20 Trevor Lawrence lineups? I mean, sir, this week it's Zach Wilson. <laughs> it's Zach Wilson. You said gross stacks. Trevor Lawrence is no longer gross. He's just a fucking animal. Hey, I always, we always fucking just shit on uh, FanDuel, but like, I, I got to tell you, I've been having a lot of success over there. Their pricing is way softer than DraftKings, so it's easier to build lineups that don't make you vomit in your mouth as much. And, um, you know... Uh, I, I, they actually have some decent contests. Yes, a lot of their payout structures suck, just like DraftKings. But like their twenty-two dollar and their their a uh, uh, hundred dollar single entry, like the cover two, are really good tournaments. Something worth checking out. Do you not play FanDuel at all, John? I have in years past. This season, I am uh, not like I think I have a few couple hundred dollars on there. So I think um, I've like fired off random lineups, like the toilet entries that I make fun of. Mm -hmm. But uh, but no, I do not like 
spend time. Like I spend, you know, all week basically focusing on DraftKings uh, slate. And, and that's what we're going to be focusing on on here, right? But like, I, I do think it's worth acknowledging that it's overplay. I've even started playing some PGA golf over there because if the one thing I've learned is FanDuel ownership is so crazy. Like it pulls so crazy over there because people go make their DraftKings lineups. Then they go over to FanDuel and they want to play the same guys in their pool, right? But the pricing is so much softer that it's so much easier to get those guys in that they just play them in every lineup. Like Sam Burns was legit like over 50% owned in the big contest over there this week. Sorry. You guys like, who the fuck Sam Burns? We're golf guys. Well, what you just said was super important too is they do build their DK lineups and then they look at FanDuel. It's like an afterthought for everyone. Yep. So if I were going to play FanDuel, I would do the opposite. I probably wouldn't play DraftKings if I wanted to play FanDuel. Mm -hmm. And I would take FanDuel super seriously. Like, one, their pricing is different. So, like, what's a good value and what's not a good value will always be different. But two, their their um, scoring structure is different. It's a half point PPR. They don't have the bonuses like DraftKings does. And so, like, your projections should be significantly different over there. And what you're looking for is significantly different. A volume wide receiver has little value on FanDuel, but has tons and tons of value on DraftKings. You need right. touchdowns on because you get more points per reception. Volume. You get the three bonus points for a hundred yards. That that adds up a lot more over on DraftKings than it does on FanDuel. Is the point he's making? They have different scoring. Yeah, systems. so you can almost be a FanDuel specialist. Like if you yeah. wanted an edge, I would focus on FanDuel. Focus on the contests that are good over there. Focus on the plays that are good there and make that your priority because I think almost every pro is doing the exact opposite. Yeah, I, I, I run, and running backs are way more viable on FanDuel than they are over on DraftKings. Uh, yep. Okay, that's it for contest selection. Hey, if you're not a guy that likes to uh, listen, you're like, I hate that you're, I like your content, but I don't like the YouTubes. Well, hey, all this shit, we put it on pod. Go check out the pod. It's the Degenerate 75 right there. Just go look me up. I, I, I put all my shows like this on the pod. You can listen to them over there. Hey, new guy, while you're here, go drop a like and a sub. Let's get the, let's get those subs up. Just blasted through 1500. Um, so just, just help the brand keep growing, right? Just go drop a like and a sub. Look at that 1.52. Let's go. Uh, and by the way, you can't help but notice there's no fucking ads on here, right? You're not going pew, 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 turning all those ads and skipping ads. You're just getting to enjoy a video. It's because I'm not a fucking poor. All right. Uh, weather for tomorrow. Uh, are you concerned about, like, I, you live down in Hurricaneville right now, right? You were, you were without electricity last night. So maybe this weather in these football games is really hitting home for you. What do you think? What are yeah, you seeing? We're still touch and go here, um, but it looks like for at least the Carolina game on Sunday, it'll be clear here the hurricane will pass, but it's heading up to the northeast. So it looks like the New York Giants game, the um, Jets or the um, what was the other game? It's looking earlier? if you look the at the Buffalo screen here. Game. If, if you look at the screen here, it looks like the Giants at home, the Eagles at home, and the Ravens at home uh, all have pretty questionable uh, um, weather. Exactly. Yeah. Those were all the rain and wind games um, that are probably getting the after effects of the hurricane that we had last night. And the Steelers look like they got some drizzling stuff, too. But that's if you don't if you don't know your geography, that ain't because of the hurricane, brother. They're way inland inland. Um, okay, so are you going to how much are you going to let this weather affect your decision making on those games? Um, I'll definitely watch it. The over-unders have started to come down, which is usually the point where it like matters for fantasy points. Because if, if the over-unders aren't impacted, that means Vegas doesn't think the game's going to be impacted. And in my mind, Vegas knows a shitload more than the rest of us do. So um, if the over-unders have already, have already been started to be impacted, that is somewhat worrisome for me in terms of the fantasy goodness of the games. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, the, well, well, hell, let's just look at it real quick. I think we were just talking about, we saw the, uh, the what, what what was it the um baltimore buffalo lines already fell a full two and a half points right 
the Philly line's fallen, I think, three points, right? The, the, yep. the totals for these teams. Those are really big drops in just uh, – when did we look at this? Tuesday? So that was only fi- uh, five days ago, and they've already dropped that that far. So clearly Vegas, who see- – I've, I've heard they know how to turn a profit uh, by knowing their shit. They seem to think that that, that these totals are going to be affected, and you gotta you got to believe that, right? Exactly. So, um, so that does make you like those games a little bit less than you probably would have before, right? Which is sort of a bummer because I already sort of wanted to be off of those games because I think those were the games, at least in terms of the um, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Jacksonville, Philly, that were going to be really popular. Yep. You don't think some people, I mean, come on, let's be honest, be real, real, real. I would bet that at least 50% of all lineups will factor in 0% the weather, at least 50%. Of, of people of all lineups out there will not consider weather for one second. They won't consider it. It's such a that's such a nuanced thing at NFL. It doesn't get covered that much. Yes, we live in a little hardo world of like DFS pros, and so we know every fucking edge there is to have. But like, you got to understand how many casuals play NFL, and some people who even think they're good at NFL who are playing two hundred dollars a week, they don't even fucking think to check that stuff. That yeah, that's probably all valid. So, uh, with that said, let's get going. Let's just break it down game by game. Talk about some injuries. Talk about some good pivots plays. If you don't know the site we're using, new guy is Run the Sims. It's the best tool-assisted site out there. You get to enter all your own simulations. We'll just be looking at the generic inputs today, but you can go change it to any game. Uh, in, uh, put put all the inputs you want in there, how you think the game's going to play out, the pace, the total, all of that. It'll spit you out simulations and let you know who is going to be the best leverage plays, who are the guys that you should be under-leveraged on, all those things. If you're interested in it, go check it out. You get, to, you get 20% off. Uh, you can do the, the weekly, the monthly, or the yearly. DGEN75, D-E-G-E-N-75. Had tons of people sign up. Not one person has told me they didn't like it. Every single one of them's like, thank you for this. You're welcome, you mother father. Okay, game one. The Jets and Pitt. Let's uh, let's just start with hot takes. Uh, hot takes. Deontay Johnson at eighteen percent makes me vomit in my mouth. Your turn. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I'm really actually interested to see what this Jets offense looks like now that Wilson is going to be back because they sort of hummed along under Joe Flacco like pretty quietly and under the radar. So um, I'm interested to see what uh, Elijah Moore's target share looks like uh, with Wilson back. Yep. Because um, we don't have any, we don't have any history of them playing together. We've seen that he likes to throw the ball to Elijah Moore. We have not seen if he likes to throw the ball to Wilson yet. And it seemed like Wilson Flacco was more, uh, or at least Wilson had the better mm-hmm. outings under Flacco. And so it's like interesting to see if that swings back to Eli Moore now that um, Zach Wilson's back. So. I, I, like I would definitely go Elijah Moore over Garrett Wilson this week if I wanted to play one of the Jets wide receivers. That's my take. Just because I, I've already seen a proven track record of Wilson likes to throw the ball to Moore. And he's cheaper, and he'll probably be less owned. And so, yeah, like that seems all yeah. uh, pointing. And this this, this may more. be a wrong take, but I just think he has a bigger upside. Like I think he has more home run ability than than Garrett Wilson. Like I I, I think that he could. You would see Elijah Moore get to thirty points uh, in a game, and I don't think Garrett Wilson would. That's just, that's my take. At, at least with Zach at quarterback, that's my take. So, were you serious about playing Zach Wilson sex? Um. I mean, I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't. And I actually, <laughs> you know, the one thing that's a little discouraging is now that I see that it's going to be a little rainy and drizzly in uh, uh, Pittsburgh, and I've noticed that this total has dropped a little bit, that makes me cold on it. And the other thing that makes me cold on it is my favorite run back would have been Deontay Johnson, and there ain't a chance in hell I'm playing a chalky Deontay Johnson. Not a chance. Yeah, I think that's fair. I was uh, all yeah, about him Tuesday on our preview show, but 18% Deontay Johnson, get the fuck out of here. I'll be interested. So, what do you think about a one percent George Pickens? Uh, 
at thirty eight hundred dollars. Um, yeah, that makes that makes more sense. But like, I I've kind of my big thing this year is I I've gotten away from taking punt wide receivers and bad offenses this year. Like I've always been a slut to doing that. You know, like going and taking you know the second wide receiver for the Bears or something like that, or taking one of the Giants receivers this week. I basically have followed one rule through the first three weeks: don't take shitty punt receivers for bad offenses, and that's worked really well for me so far. <laughs> that's fair that's fair so this is just a pass game generally for you yeah but uh, yeah it, well it'll be a rushing game but i'll pass i see what you did there um what about and then the steelers defense too expensive uh jets defense that interests me very much 2600 right there on the cutoff of about how much i like to spend but i would imagine if you know the, it doesn't appear they're going to be chalky uh, i could see our boy mitch trubisky throwing a pick six or three yeah, especially if it's going to be somewhat rainy. You could even get just like random fluke fumbles and shit like that happening more often. So, yeah, I think that Jets defense is pretty interesting. Anything with the Jets running backs? Are you warm to Michael Carter or uh, 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 Brees Hall? No, nah, I don't want any part of that. There's yeah. uh, there's better value out of running backs this week. I mean, this is one of those things. If I were playing 150 lineups, so now that you show me that damn $5 tournament has a better payout structure, I'm considering it, you mother father. Maybe I do play... Maybe, you know, then maybe I, I run some Zach Wilson stacks and then I run it back with a, uh, who was the hell of a guy you said? The piece of shit. Pickens. Oh, Pickens, yeah. That, see, that's a place I could do it because then that's going to allow me to go get like three 8K guys in my lineup just by running that one stack, right? So Yeah, and if Pickens makes a sick catch for a touchdown, you just win. Yeah, and he, we've already seen the guy can make some sick catches. Um, but you got to remember when I say I'm not playing somebody, that's because in my mind, I've really locked in so far. I've been winning, you know, I've won two out of three weeks and it's just been playing this 20 to 22 lineups a week, keeping a nice condensed player pool, only three primary stacks, about three correlated stacks, and then just uh, a handful of one-offs. And it's been working so well, you know, like, I don't think I'm going to keep winning two out of three weeks, but I'm going to, you know, that's it's, I've been doing it for the all season, last season, the first three weeks this season, it's been a good spot for me. It's been my process and I'm just to trust that process i'm so excited to corrupt you into 150 maxing well i mean you're doing, you're, <laughs> you're doing a pretty good job if this cold brew right here was a ranch water you'd already have me there brother hey starbucks <laughs> damn reach, it i'll reach, ask you tonight reach out to your boy we're looking for a sponsorship somebody said i cuss too much for sponsors fuck that okay uh tennessee and the colts I, I, yeah, I feel this like is another game. this is a sneaky one. First of all, you did a damn inception on me at the start of the year and got in my head about the importance of dome games. And now I'm seeing all these games with that are going to be influenced by weather. Why not just take the perfect conditions of the dome in Indianapolis? Yeah, um, I mean, that's fair. This is a game I'm probably out on. I just don't have a lot of faith in either of these offenses. Um, You're not buying the Jonathan Taylor's do narrative? I mean... I guess what's this? What's he priced down to this week? He's 88. down to eighty-eight. Very affordable. Very affordable. I mean, that's reasonable. Um, and that I guess is why it looks like his ownership will be a little higher. Ooh, can I please run it back with Traylon? Can I pretty please? Can I please run yeah, it back with Traylon? I don't see why not. At two percent, that seems interesting. It's a nice. It's actually a nice little correlation, and because Traylon at forty-seven hundred is so affordable, he kind of works really well with Taylor in a stack. Like you, you put those two together, you're you're not even that far over an average price guy, right? I like that actually quite a bit. Oh, now, now who's doing sold the selling? That one on who's me. doing the selling now? So, uh, but if you're gonna do that, what about Derrick Henry? Oh, I don't want to play Derrick Henry. Would you really? I don't love a game script where I put Taylor and Henry in the same lineup, right? 
Oh gosh, no, 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 no. That's too slow. Yeah, and, they're and, too and you're eating up all your salary on two running backs that would be in a game script that would almost contradict each other, right? Unless Jonathan Taylor's catching lots of passes. Unless they're trading 80-yard touchdown runs. Right, um, which isn't yeah. likely. This was my big yeah. worry about Jonathan Taylor this year. He's not that much worse than he was last year. He's just not master efficient every game and finding the end zone and getting that one long run every game like he got last year. This is why I would never draft him first at best ball. It's just hard to be that efficient two years in a row. Yeah, and their offense isn't uh, as efficient generally. Like They're not getting as many red zone opportunities. Um, but also, he had a slow start to the season last year and then just turned it on. So I wouldn't write off JT not being the RB1 quite yet. I will say this. I don't, outside of Pittman and Burks uh, and Taylor, probably those are the only three guys I would say from here. I don't want to get cute and go try to play a pass catcher from lower down uh, in this game. I just don't think there'll be enough volume or efficiency to justify taking a wide, a second wide receiver for either of these teams. You either play the the, the usage monster or you play nobody. Yeah. And I don't even think right. Burks is a usage monster. I'm just playing talent with him. I think talent and salary savings helps yes. you. Yeah. All right, let's move over. Uh, probably, I'm going to just say it right now, probably my favorite sneaky game for tomorrow because I'm a big fan. I'm a, I love stacking sneaky games, right? Like games that I think could shoot out that not many people are on. I'm going to assume Houston was not on our bad weather for tomorrow, right? Where's, where's old Houston? Where's the Texans? Right. That's uh, your neck of the woods. You should know that. Ah, 78 and clear tomorrow. Let's go, mother father. So this game, I like a lot of pieces in this game. I feel like Herbert's had a week to get it back together. I also think he's a tough SOB. Uh, I, I think Austin Eckler is finally starting to get that rust knocked off. I think he's right back up into being a top five uh, running back. Um, and I just really like some of the pieces that I could stack Herbert with. I'm very comfortable going to Palmer. I'm very comfortable going to Everett. And, of course, I like Mike Williams. And the best part I could say is I feel like Houston actually has some very viable runbacks with Cooks and Pierce. Yeah, I think that's all right. Um, <clears throat> I think Herbert is like a really sneaky quarterback pick this week. I don't think he's going to get a lot of ownership coming off that like pretty bad injury that everyone saw in prime time, but he's not on the injury report anymore. So presumably like he's good to go. I'm sure he's still sore because I don't know what the cartilage uh, repair time is, but I imagine it's more than 12 days or whatever he's had. But I like Herbert quite a bit. And I think this offense, while it's normally pretty spread out with Keenan Allen going down, Guyton going down, mm -hmm. um, neither one's going to play that. I think there's an opportunity you can get a little more condensed offense and you could play like a Herbert Eckler, big Mike stack, or you could play like a Herbert, big Mike Everett stack. What about DeAndre, DeAndre Carter as a punt? Yeah, you could definitely play Carter as a punt. Um, same with like Palmer. You could play, he's only a thousand dollars more Palmer, um, yeah. but he comes with significantly more ownership. I, so yeah, I think like any of those are viable options. Yeah. I, I, I like, and if you're, if you're thinking, Oh, a Herbert stack, I'm not getting there with you. Well, let me ask you this new guy. Who else did you want to stack? I'm trying to pick three stacks and I got to tell you, I don't love them. All the other ones that seem appealing are going to be chalky as fuck. And that ain't really on brand for me. So that's why I'm really warm to this one. Cause I don't think anybody's going to be on it. Yeah. I'm going to, um, I've already like started running some stuff that I'm hopefully will be done running by the time that we're done recording, but I, I need to do some stack analysis, but I have a feeling like based on what I was looking at initially, uh, some early runs, this charger stack is going to be uh, pretty high in my like optimal leverage uh, numbers. There we go. Me and John Galt JD agreeing. Normally when I agree with somebody, it's a bad sign, but so far when we've agreed this season, it's worked out okay. <laughs> Mainly it's just Jalen Hurts we keep agreeing on, so it's pretty easy to be right there. Okay. With his start. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, when we did our, what was that, Tuesday, when we did the, the breakdown of the lineups, the slate review, it was just me and him showing off Jalen Hurts lineups for all the monies. Uh, okay, uh, Bears and Giants. Uh, I, I, I feel like you get, like, there's a couple guys in this game that are just way more owned than they should be. Why is Saquon, why do they have his projected ownership coming in so high? $8,000 is a premium price tag, and it's not like he's been a monument of, a, of efficiency recent, recently. All I've heard all week is hype on Saquon, that Saquon's the best running back value. Um, so I believe that ownership. I still haven't done final runs, but I'm guessing it'll be a pretty comparable to that. Like, I, I have heard nothing but hype for him on shows this week. So um, overall, though, I don't love it. That Like, Chicago wants to play slow. The Giants, like, will definitely run the ball and play slow. They don't have any of their wide receivers, so they're going to have to run the ball. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's some of the love for Saquon. Isn't there like isn't there this thing called defensive coordinators in the NFL that get paid and they have to know that the Giants have the worst wide receiver core of any team since probably like 1982 and like they got to know to just fucking shut down Barkley, right? Like it's not it's not fucking rocket science. Like to me the fact that the wide receivers are out dramatically decreases my interest in Barkley because like it's going to be so much easier to key on him when you don't have legitimate wide receiver threats out there. I think that's exactly right. Yeah, I, I'm not going to play a chalky safe one. Like these guys, like I know that I know the Bears aren't good. I know they're not good, but like you know, these guys are professionals and they're defensive coordinators. And I just have to believe that they're not just going to let Barkley just run down their throat all game. I just they got to know to key on him. He's like the Giants, legit their only weapon right now. Literally, he's probably going to be RB one and wide receiver one. Yeah, I know. He wouldn't. He'll probably lead the team in targets and definitely will lead in uh, rushing attempts. Yep. On the other side of that, well, first of all, can you get on any of these Giants receivers? I don't have interest in this game generally. Yeah, this is a good one to just fade. Yeah, I, I agree. What about what about Khalil Herbert? He I, he's actually a really good running back. He really is a good running back. Question he's is, what, sorry, what, what is too much? What's too much ownership? Because it's showing generically they have him at twenty one percent. I think he'll be higher than that though. Yeah. So the interesting thing is that Williams is sixty one hundred, so they're pretty uh, closely priced in terms of the other value running back on this slate. Um, Jamal we'll Williams. That game t- yeah, exactly. So we'll get to that game in two uh, two games. But so I, I wonder if that will spell ownership kind of between the two because they're both similarly priced and they're both like pretty good plays this week. Um, but I think if the weather is going to be impacting and there's an 18 point Bears uh, implied team total, like I can just I'm happy to fade a 20 percent on running back on a team that's projecting to score 18 points. Exactly right. Like I, I bet he doesn't even really threaten to be in a GPP winning lineup unless he gets a touchdown and or six catches. Yeah, I mean, he already falls in the box twice or whatever, but, like, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to just lose that week. Same with Williams, I think, when we get to that game. I think I'm just happy to lose if those two guys get there. Yeah, fuck those guys. Um, <laughs> wait, all right, so someone says you have to either play Barkley or Herbert. Which one are you playing? You have to play one of them. Uh, Saquon. Yeah, I, I, I'll go the other way. <laughs> I think Saquon's ceiling go. is higher. Now, that one, I won't argue with that higher. one, sir. Okay. I just Saquon Saquon I don't know I you don't think people are scarred from the fact that he like uh screwed him when he was week long chalk was that last week or the week before when he was like the super chalk and he didn't do shit was it week well, that's two great if, if people are going to be off him because of that well that's why I'm hoping like I would like to play Saquon if he were just going to be 12 percent but I think he's going to start getting probably closer to 20 25 percent and that's like at running back for 8,000 I'll always fade that always I'll just go play Jonathan yeah. Taylor and feel really good about it I'll find the 800 dollars somewhere Sorry, I don't mean to keep cutting you off. I saw in the comments. I need to work on that. Um, <laughs> but, Your first uh, hater. Wait, hey, I got hundreds of them. You just only got one. Be happy. 
uh, y'all, I'm on new to this content, so feel free to put all your all your critiques down in the comments. But uh, I think the other guy that's going to be talking in this game uh, for the Giants is Richie James, since they're pretty limited in wide receivers, and he provides salary relief. Mm. So I can see Richie James getting like pretty highly owned. Um, and so in GPPs, that's another guy I'm probably just not going to be playing. 18% Richie James has a 0% chance of being in my lineups. I cannot believe I overlooked him. That's so gross. So gross. By the way, uh, Bears defense at 2,700. 2,700 is my rule for the highest I will ever pay for a defense. I'm interested. I'm interested. if <laughs> I will play some Bears defense because Danny Dimes, he, uh, he's got a problem with the turnovers. What are the Giants defense? Uh, they are expensive. Uh, thirty one. Oh, okay. I mean, that's not expensive, okay. but for for my rule, that's too expensive. I don't I don't that's go above twenty seven hundred. Yeah, and you're like, well, are you sure? Because we're good defenses. Fuck that. I'll just go upgrade my running back or wide receiver. You donkey dick. All right, Washington Dallas. You got You're gonna have to start selling me on some people because the big guy's cold on this game too. Oh no, this is a good game. Let me sell you on this game. So <clears throat> I think Cooper Rush has been significantly better than anyone has thought he would be. Uh, we get a dome game. Let's go. Um, the commanders, like while somewhat disgusting at times, have shown abilities to carry their own on offense while absolutely not being able to carry their own on defense. So I think the Dallas side of the ball is pretty sneaky. And like I have never, ever been a Zeke fan, but his role and usage has been pretty consistently good this season. So to the extent we think the Cowboys can do some work this week, kind of like Zeke as a running back that's mm. going to be low owned and has like some pretty high upside. He's the same price as Jamal Williams. Mm. So you know nobody's playing be, him. No one's going to click Zeke when they could go click Jamal Williams this week. Yeah, he's going to be like one-fifth the ownership. And if you tell me that Jamal Williams has five times the likelihood of hitting his ceiling that Zeke does, like slide on into my DMs and we'll we'll, we'll make some Hails to the yeah. Hails to the yeah. Um because I think like that in GPP is like that is exactly the type of pivot you should be looking at. Jamal Williams exact same price as Zeke. They seriously have very similar ceilings. Um, Zeke might even have a higher ceiling, honestly. So, um, yeah. Let me let me sell me now. You did a good job. Look at this optimizer rate, right? So optimizer rate, new guy, is basically you take their projected ownership and you look at how often they're going to be in the optimizer and you want them to show up in the optimizer more than they're going to be owned, right? So like CeeDee Lamb is only showing up 7.5% of the time. He's 15% owned. So he actually has a negative uh, optimizer leverage, right? But a lot of these guys in this game actually have really good uh, optimizer rates. Like uh, Gibson uh, is positive. Zeke is positive. Dalton Schultz is positive. Cooper Rush is positive. Noah Brown is positive. So like maybe this is a sneaky little game that you could uh, get some, uh, you know, a, a stack in or at least a little correlated mini stack as your second uh, part of your lineup, and it wouldn't be the worst. Yeah, so on the Washington side, I really like I, – I mean, I think we were both – Curtis, Harry, Curtis Samuel. The, the optimizer loves Curtis Samuel if you can't see the screen. His usage has been incredible. Like, for a three – like, he has three yards, I believe, is his average depth of target, mm -hmm. and, like, he's just doing work with a three-yard ADOT. And uh, – so I don't know that that's necessarily sustainable. And so I prefer like the kind of the hitters in this one, like a Dotson or McLaurin, I think have like better pass to upside. Um, but McLaurin is still $6,500 despite not producing. So like I, he will be, like it says here, 1%. 1% seems like generous. If 1% of the field rosters tarry in like some of the single yeah, small field no stuff kidding. that we're playing, mm -hmm. like it, he's just not going to be rostered. So I really like like a Zeke Terry uh, mini. Yeah. We can't agree that C.D. Lamb at 6,700 is underpriced, right? He's not off to a great start this season, but just based on his talent level, he should be like 7,200, right? 7,400, something like that. 
Oh, I stopped my sales pitch early. CD's probably like my favorite wide receiver play on this slate. Wow. Um, wow. I think his uh, his volume is insane, and it says 15%. I'm going to guess CD will be less than that. I'm gonna. I'm hoping when I do my runs, he'll be around 10%. Uh, but I just haven't really heard that much love for him. Um, I think people don't want to play this Dallas offense without uh, Dak. Um, and I think like if this offense is going to succeed, it's going through Z- CD. Zeke to a smaller extent Pollard, but I'm probably not going to play Pollard at the same price as Zeke. I think the Cowboys want Zeke to be the featured back, even if Pollard is the more uh, talented back. By the way, we have a Discord. Uh, John helps me. He posts all the Sims, all the projections, uh, all of his ownership. He does different, uh, and it's really good. And it's all over here on the uh, uh, Discord, which is connected through my Patreon. Come check it out. Give a shout-out to all my people. Look at this. We're almost at 300. That's a lot of people. It is quite the community over there. Come check it out if you want to. Let's move on to this next game. Seattle-Detroit. you got to love that 48-point total, right? Well, so this is one that's come down, and I think this is one that people want to play. But I think this is one I can see a lot of paths to failure in. Um, now, it doesn't mean I'm not going to play it, but it means I am a lot less excited to play it than I was early in the week. Mm-hmm. If, uh, like, uh, I was really high on Rashard Penny, right? Like, I really wanted him to be the guy. You you, you really think he's going to come in at 9%? He was kind of one of my sneaky plays this week that I thought I could get a really good play at low ownership. Um, I want to see runs when I do it, because it's hard to imagine that he'll get ownership when I think there is so much ownership that will go to the two guys we talked about, the Bears, um, Khalil Herbert and uh, Jamal Williams. So um, I'll be really interested to see what runs come in. I could see him being in like that 7 though, seven to 10 range seems like pretty reasonable, and I think that's still uh, like very viable for a low-priced yeah. running back. 4,900 4, running back really makes the lineup work, right? Especially for an RB1, right? When you, you, We've all played a $4,900 running back, but it's almost always the third down back guy, right, that you're hoping gets a lot of pass catches. And it was week 17 last season that we saw Penny literally win everyone the best ball monies last year so uh, with his touchdowns against the Lions last year. So, um, yeah, it's a re- repeat of week 17 last year. All right, let's 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 talk about Jamal Williams, and then let's talk about the injuries for the Lions. So first of all, look at this. His projected ownership right now is 30%, and he's only showing up in the optimizer 7% of the time. That is one of the worst negative leverage plays I've ever seen on Run the Sims. One of the worst I've ever seen, negative 23%. And I think 30% is generous if you're talking about the single-entry small field stuff. He's going to be grossly owned in those tournaments. Um, I could see him being like 45, 50% in the hundred dollar single entry and stuff like that. So um, that for me is just like a big, no, um, I just think cash, like fine, play them all you want. I just can't see playing them in a tournament. Like, and you can also see so many paths that this Lions offense just won't be the same. Mm-hmm. We're sitting down there, two best players in Deandre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown who have like been unreal performers this season, especially Amon Ross. He's been a league winner for you so far. Um, and so you can't just assume that offense is going to keep humming along. I don't think it's Jared Goff elevating those players. I would argue it's probably the opposite. Um, so, yeah. Here's the point I would make. Jamal Williams getting starting at running back. Normally we get guys like this at like 4,800, right? He's 6,100. That's not exactly just like a free square cheap guy, right? Like you're, getting, you're paying money for this guy. He changes what the rest of your lineup looks like just by being a slightly above average salary guy. Normally when we get these backup running backs that become starters, we're getting them at a super discounted price, and that makes it almost irresistible to not put in your lineup because it makes the rest of your lineup so much more appealing. But 6100 it's not expensive, but it sure as shit ain't cheap. Yeah, DraftKings is making a concerted effort to price up these backup running backs so that we don't have the, you know, Alexander Madison chalk week of last year. Yep. Um, and so that's like, a, like, you know, kudos to DraftKings for doing that. 
because you really should have a decision right now. Do you want to pay 6100 for Jamal Williams, or would you rather just pay 4900 for Rashad Penny? Because I'm not sure that they're that different of plays. Amen. All right, so it would seem to me that a Jared Goff stack would be very appropriate in this game because it would be so cheap. You've got Hawkinson, Shark, Reynolds, all these cheap options to stack with him, and it will completely free up the rest of your lineup to go put studs everywhere, right? But how concerned would you be that whenever you're missing your two best players on offense, that Jared Goff is a bit of smoke and mirrors so far this year, and he really ain't going to be that great without his two best players around him? That's my concern with this whole offense. And so I think I'm just picking skinny pieces of this. I, I still am debating if Gino's going to be one of my quarterbacks this week, which is super gross. Um, but his price tag makes a lot work. And so if you do Seattle stacks with then greenbacks on the Detroit side, I think that's pretty interesting. I'm worried about Hop getting a lot of steam in that tight end position with the thought being that Detroit's down so many pass catchers that Jared Goff will rely on like familiarity. Yep. Um, and so I'm worried that Hawk will get a lot of steam. So that may be someone I mean, that I just don't they're already play showing him. Up, they're already showing him at 14%, and I bet it's even higher than that, especially in single entries. Yeah, his price tag's pretty affordable. Um, the tight end position isn't great past Andrews in terms of, like, true ceiling. Um, and so, yeah, I can see that steam getting there. So I – I, if I'm going to take any part of the Lions, I, you know what? I just don't think I, I'm going to play any of them. If I were going to play one, I would look at one of their receivers who might get higher usage and bigger target share. But, like, I don't trust Josh Reynolds and DJ Chark. Like, they can't get it done when they're the second guy out on the field with a with an alpha and Amon Ra out there. I don't think they can get it done as the primary. Yeah, an interesting one to me is Khalif Raymond that is probably going to move into the slot. He's 3,100. So that's pretty interesting um, if he is going to get – the bulk of the Amonra work because mm -hmm. um, that's normally where Amonra works and where Jared Goff likes to target. So I think Khalif Raymond's like actually a pretty sneaky play if his ownership's going to stay low. I actually don't mind him as a GPP dart. Yeah, no, for sure. Because 3,100, 3, like if you can just get one guy in that spot, like for me, uh, who was it last week? Uh, you, you know, uh, I had Hollins and Dobbs everywhere, right? Like I kept mixing and matching. Almost every lineup had one of those two guys in it. And when you just get that one guy in there, the really tight pricing all of a sudden feels much more manageable when you can just get one punt in there that you don't hate. Oh, and when you can get 32 points from him, it's pants off time. Hey, I was dancing in the streets naked. <laughs> all right, let's move on. This was a game that was probably my favorite when I first looked on Tuesday. Uh, just has everybody I love in it. Two guys that have been getting me there a lot this season, um, Jacksonville and Hertz. Uh, but we're getting pretty worried about this weather, right? Uh, this weather and, like, I think upon further look, these are teams that both actually have really solid defenses as well. Mm -hmm. And so um, to the extent, like, you think defenses can kind of slow down these offenses, I think this is probably another game that, like there's some definite value in fading, um, both from a weather perspective. I think like ownership, people want to play this game. People have seen Jalen Hurts just get there. Mm -hmm. um, Jalen so, Hurts yeah, is getting priced up, though. DraftKings is on to him. 8,200. When I start to see $8,000 quarterbacks, I think to myself, I better get 35 points out of this mother father. Because when you, when you are spending that much money on a, a quarterback, it really changes what the rest of your lineup looks like. Absolutely. It's so much better when you're starting with a $6,100 quarterback. It just frees up so much more for the rest of your lineup. When you start with Jalen Hurts and you want to stack him with A.J. Brown or something like that, I mean, that is so much of your money already gone. Or if you want to run it back with Christian Kirk, that is so much of your money already gone. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like my stacks to be a little bit cheaper and go play my little mini correlations more priced up or my one-offs priced up. 
Um, that would be my biggest concern with Hertz is he's starting to get pretty pricey and this total just keeps coming down and coming down, coming down. And can't we see this game being a bit of a slog with a couple decent defenses in the rain and the wind? I mean, isn't that a, isn't that a real narrative and that would limit the upside of a lot of these guys? Absolutely. That was exactly the thought that I, yeah, the point I was probably poorly trying to make. <laughs> it's okay. I do it. Well, I, I articulate. So uh, if you were going to play some pieces in this game, who would be the ones you would want to play? I think James Robinson has shown people that he is like superhuman in terms of returning from that ACL injury um, and like looking like he never missed a step. Um, so I like James Robinson quite a bit at super low ownership. It's worrisome to play him into this Philadelphia uh, front line. That's like been smothering and truly uh, elite. But if I was going to play a piece, I think that's a pretty uh, interesting piece that you'll get at low ownership. To defend, on to, defend your, to defend your choice real quick before you jump to the other side, one of the, the highest leverage players in this slate, right? 2% ownership shows up in the optimizer almost 6% of the time. Yeah, uh, awesome. Yeah, all right. And then who's the other guy from Philly? Who who would you take from over there? I think Goddard's a pretty interesting pivot off Hawkinson. If Hawkinson's going to be three times the ownership of Goddard at $400, Goddard's $400 more expensive. But um, I think Goddard's like a guy that can easily fall in the end zone twice. Yep. Um, especially if we're talking about a game that's like fought in the trenches up front, like why aren't we thinking there's going to be more dump offs that Jalen's like elusive enough to move around in the pocket and find his tight end frequently. Now we both cashed in big on Devonte last week. Are you going back there? Any chance? Uh, he's a home run hitter. What's he priced up this week? He's still 50. Uh, yeah, um, it's a big jump, but it's still very reasonable. I just don't want it because look at that ownership. People are going to remember what he did last week, and people somehow. Fucking always think that like what happened the week before is correlated what's going to happen this week, and that ain't the case, brother. Yeah, and like I said, this is a game I'm probably just off generally, and I'll, if I do play pieces, it will be just one off stacks. Yeah. Uh, which which hates I hate to say because these are two of my favorite teams to stack, but I, I you know if it, it's just feeling like there's going to be some ownership in this, and the guys are all fairly priced in my opinion. Kirk is getting very fairly priced. Like if I can have Kirk or CD Lamb, I'm going to take CD Lamb over Kirk, and I love Chris Kirk, or Christian yeah. Kirk. Chris Kirk, see? Fucking got golf on the mind, Chris Kirk. Um, all right, we're moving on. Buffalo and Baltimore, definitely the big, the highest total on the slate by far. Probably that has the two, two of the three most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL to start the season. Do we possibly have the nuts to fade this game? Uh, I do. My, my, G, my GPP nuts are strong. Um, Ooh, right. This is a Go game that, uh, that I think like everyone wants to play probably somewhat rightfully. So um, I think if I'm playing any side of it, it would be the Buffalo side. I would be Buffalo stacks with Baltimore bringbacks. Um, I don't think I want to play teams against this Buffalo defense. That's uh, somewhat banged up and getting healthier. Um, and Josh Allen's just look next level. So I'm not super scared of Baltimore's defense. So I, I'd play the Buffalo side of the ball. I'm probably not going to play the Baltimore. Is it side looking, is it looking like Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox are going to be in? Uh, Gabe Davis, probably not. It looks like he re-aggravated his injury, um, which is never like he practiced and then didn't practice, which mm -hmm. is never what you want to see. He practiced right. Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. Uh, I don't know if he practiced Friday. I don't think he did. Um, so that's like pretty concerning pattern. So I would guess Gabe Davis probably doesn't go. Dawson Knox sounds like he will go. Uh, so if you're, if you're running Josh Allen, if you're going to do Josh Allen and have several stacks, who are some guys you're mixing and matching your stacks with Josh Allen? I think you have to stack him with Diggs. I think if you're paying that price tag, you are assuming like he continues to roll. And if he's going to continue to roll, like I don't see how Diggs doesn't get there. Like Diggs' floor is like 15 points. It's insane. I, um, I, Isaiah McKenzie, you warm on him? 
Yeah, I think that's I think any of the other options like because I would want to double stack Allen because he is expensive. So I think not Knox or McKenzie are both fine. Uh, Crowder burned me, but I'd, I'd play Crowder again. Who would be uh, your Singletary is pretty would, interesting. Would you run? You, oh, you, matching him with Singletary, you said. Yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty interesting too. What about what? Who would be your run back? Because if you say Andrews, at some point you're going to run out of money, brother. Yeah, then that that's exactly your problem. So I think you almost have to go like a Bateman or a Duvernay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Bateman or Duvernay. Um, I think you could go Dobbins, but I don't know if I want to play a running back against this Baltimore or Buffalo Bills front. Um, I think they're just really sick. Don't you? So I think it would probably be Duvernay. But how Andrews, many, if you can afford it. How many lineups do you think are going to start with uh, 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 an Allen stack? So you're going to have like Allen Diggs, and then the running backs are going to be Jamal Williams and like Khalil Herbert. And then like they're just I mean like is that really a start you want to have where you already have the same four pieces as probably five other th- five thousand other lineups in the same GPP? No way, because then they're also going to put in Richie James, the value wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They'll also put in uh, probably Raymond or or Reynolds. I mean uh, Reynolds or whatever the other value piece wide receivers are. No, because then you're just going to be funneled into the exact construction. Right, and you don't want to be playing five thousand people in three v threes, right? Like who had the better defense today? You want to be playing nine v nines versus people or eight v eights. And by the way, if you don't know what that means, every time you're matching somebody that has the same player as you. Like that player is a cancel. You don't have an advantage on that other person, right? So you want to have your lineup be different in as many spots as possible so you have more ways of beating them and simply let's have all the exact same players and just have a different defense and a different tight end. Because now you're 2v2 and you don't want to be playing 5,000 lineups 2v2. That's just not that you have no leverage. You basically, at that point, it's just a scratch off lottery. And that's assuming all the other pieces have hit. Yeah, the only points that you score that matter are points you score someone else doesn't really at the end of the day in terms of like winning a GPP. And so, McKin- Mackenzie uh, Hughes yeah. at golf. Let's go, Mackenzie. Nine under yesterday at one percent <laughs> ownership. Who was on that motherfucker? This guy. Okay. Do you uh, do you have some good live golf lives going? Yeah, I was I was sitting top ten all day yesterday. I have a really nice six of six that has everybody in the top twenty five. So we're live. Oh, we're live. Nice, yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, probably uh, you've warmed me up to this one. I think this is going to be my second stack game, which. <laughs> It's crazy when you see Atlanta and Cleveland. Instantly, you should just think no. But I'm I, and that's what I did think. But now I'm thinking, okay, okay. It's kind of like I've had a couple drinks and they're starting to look a little bit more appealing. Yeah, I think you can stack both sides of this game, and I actually kind of like stacking both sides of this game. We saw Jacoby Brissett be extremely efficient the other night on Thursday Night Football. Um, so yeah, I, I'm actually I don't mind stacking Brissett, and I think Mariota is like warming up to be a somewhat popular play. But on a slate pretty devoid of running back value, a running or a quarterback, I'm sorry, quarterback value, a quarterback that offers running upside um, while still being able to sling a little bit, like I think he's pretty interesting. Um, and and so, all the pieces, I, and he doesn't have expensive pieces to stack him with, right? Like Pitts and London, the two most reasonable ones to stack him with, or even Cordell Patterson. Uh, all of them are very reasonable price tags, right? So like it allows you to go get a stud correlation from another game if you want to go get Eckler or you want to go get De- uh, Derrick Henry or whoever, right? Yeah, and the bring back pieces are pretty reasonable. Like Amari's not extremely expensive. He's 63, which isn't like cheap, but like that's pretty reasonable. And that's probably my favorite run back piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can play Chubb too, um, or or Kareem. Like those are both pretty viable um bring backs on the other side. Uh I if, and if you want to punt bring back, check out old Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah, his volume's been uh somewhat actually encouraging, but yeah. I, I I prefer Amari. He's looked like just true what, stud Amari. So you'd be okay running a Jacoby Brissett. Um, stack out there. Just hope that this game kind of picks up pace and they don't just run it every play and he's passing a lot, maybe gets 38 passes and throws two or three touchdowns. 
Yeah, I think you have to play. I mean, obviously, then you have to play a run back because you're you, you need a game to to get pushed. Right. Um, but yeah, I like a Brissett and Njoku uh, Cooper stack. That's like, yeah. Oh yeah, Njoku. That's a good one. I hadn't even thought of. I do like Njoku. Seems to be having a year. He seems like he seems to be having a year. So. Uh, this is one I I I just kind of like all the different pieces here. More than anything, I like that it will probably be I'm not going to say low owned, but it will definitely not be higher owned than a couple of the other games. And so l- let me get some access to that game and open up some uh, cap to go get some studs that maybe other people don't want to play. Maybe this is how I go get on Terry McLaurin, right? Is I have the extra money to go punt with Terry McLaurin. And this is the second highest over under on the slate. Like yeah. besides that Buffalo game, this Th- is the it's, highest it's game. Third. It's just behind Seattle. Oh, I missed that one. 48. Sneaky. Yep. Math hard. Yeah, it is. It's a tough game. Um, all right. Hey, th- I know you love to talk about this. I noticed there's only three afternoon games tomorrow. You want to touch on how that's going to affect your strategy at all? Yeah, there's actually one that's pretty decent. I think that last one, Denver-Vegas, is pretty interesting for pivoting to. But again, like you should be thinking about this because you will be pretty limited in your options for late swapping. Um, so when you build your lineups, and I guess one thing I'm not sure if we've ever explicitly said on here but when you build your lineups, your guys in the four o'clock game should always be your flex players. You yeah, should no. never have a one o'clock player in your flex if you can flip it with a player in the same position at four o'clock. Yes. Because then you have the flexibility to change them with a running back, tight end, whatever, mm-hmm. um, not just being locked into that single position, exactly. which is just an extra level of, uh, you know. Because when you only choose them from three games and you have a running back spot available and it could have been a flex, well, now you got to put a running back in for that running back you want to sub out to gain leverage. Whereas if it were in the flex, you could go toss a tight end in there, a wide receiver in there, or a running back in there. So it, it literally like triples your options by putting your afternoon guys in the flex. Yeah, so that should be like your initial level of thinking. But then in terms of like how that affects your roster construction, you know, there, there are some games here in the afternoon slate that you should be thinking about I don't think we have to worry about chalk necessarily in the afternoon games because that's one thing you like will typically think about if there's chalk afternoon games. You want to be yep. hoping that your early slate smashes if you're playing and vice versa. But I don't think you have to worry about that here, but there are some opportunities to get unique, I think, in this late slate. So right. Just looking at this game real quick, I see Matt Collins at 15%. Man, that's some chalk I'm not going to chase. <laughs> He's not going to – yeah, no thank you. I, which is funny because I actually do like this. I think this will be the third game that I'm going to stack. Can I, can, can I just sell you on a narrative? Russell Wilson's back. There you go. That's it. He finally doesn't play like an asshole. I've always known Russell Wilson as a guy that has three to four monster GPP games a year. Maybe, maybe this is the week he finds it. And then I feel like the Raiders have some really appealing runbacks. Like I'm very happy with a lot of their runbacks, not named Hollins. Yeah. Hollins at 15% is gross. The chase is exactly the word that is happening there. They're chasing that 32 performer, 32 point ceiling performance. I saw a really great tweet about Jerry Judy had like 100 yards week one, got banged up week two, and then something happened week three, and now everybody hates him. And that's a really good point. Like the one week that he was healthy and played a full game, he had a really good game. Like if I can get Jerry Judy at 5% at 5,500, is that not stealing? I think that like a lot of these 1A, 1B situations where we see the B just get disfavored over like a few short week sample, they come in lower priced and lower owned. Like we saw the wild smash spot. Um, like a few of these other ones this season, I can't think of the other one, but there's been a few of these where the one B's have just been under like disrespected, underpriced, underowned, and then they've just come out and smashed. So I think that's pretty sharp. All right. Uh, let's, uh, these, let's talk about these last two games real quick. Uh, new England and green Bay. Um, so time out. We skip. We're just going to disrespect my Arizona. Uh, we're, I, we're coming game. back. You made me skip to the end. So now I'm working back inside. <laughs> don't, don't question the hosts, the hosts, uh, methods. All right, go on. What do you like about this game? 
Um, I actually think the running back, especially AJ Dillon, is pretty interesting in this game against the New England. Um, New England, I'm not sure they can keep their side of the ball going now that they've lost Mac Jones for the next several weeks. Um, I think Ramondre is at least interesting on that side of the ball. Um, but otherwise, I'm not sure I'm super interested in the New England side. Um, I think you could play Dobbs. What's Dobbs' ownership going to be? They got but, seven uh, on here. Yeah, that's not terrible. Um, I think who is coming back this week, though, on the uh, – Is it uh, uh, freaking Watson? Is that who it is? Yeah. Yeah, Christian Watson was coming back for Green Bay, so I don't know if that will cut into Dobbs's, uh run. But he also, like, maybe he's just earned a spot in that offense. So yeah. 4,500 is pretty appealing for someone that should have a role in that offense. It Early, does- I was like – oh, sorry. I was just going to say, it doesn't seem like Green Bay wants to run it up on people this year, though, right? So I feel like if Dobbs doesn't get his points in the first half, like I feel like they're going to be 10 to 14 ahead, and they're just going to run A.J. Dillon down their throat the rest of the game. Yeah, and that was exactly what I was thinking there, because originally in the week I was thinking Aaron Rodgers was a pretty interesting stack. Um, but I think if they if he had three touchdowns in the first half, I think that's probably a ceiling performance, and then, like you said, exactly. they grind it out. And, there's no, and there's no chance he gets number four or five in the second half to win you a GPP. That's just my opinion. Maybe maybe New England comes out and is magic. Who the hell's even who's, – who's their quarterback? I don't even know. They are going to have Brian Hoyer be their quarterback. Oh, my God. Get the fuck out of here. All right, skipping to the last game, Kyler, my second favorite player in the NFL, versus Baker, my favorite player in the NFL. You got oh, any hot hilarious. takes on this game? Um, yeah, I, I really wanted Christian McCaffrey to be healthy because I thought this was like a pretty sneaky spot where he could smash, but it sounds like he is, um, still pretty banged up with that thigh injury that he suffered. It sounds like he suffered in practice. I don't, I don't know. Um, but it sounds like he's going to be limited in some fashion. So I, that's worrisome that he won't get a full workload. And he also already just hasn't been, uh, great in this offense. I mean, he's got an elite role, but the offense itself hasn't been great in terms of pace and efficiency. Um, so I, I'm as much as I want to like this game, I just don't. I think Zach Ertz is pretty uh, interesting. His usage has been great, and the Panthers are pretty bad against tight ends. Um, so I think Zach Ertz on the other side is pretty interesting. I also wanted to like James Conner in this game. Like I really wanted to like some of the uh, Christian McCaffrey and then pass catchers on the other side, um, or James Conner and then pass catchers on the other side. But I just, as the week's gone on, this game just looks like it's going to be gross again. Yeah, I feel like both these teams have broken offenses, and if I feel like you have broken offenses and a low total, I'm out. I'm out, and that hurts me to say because I love these guys so much. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, hey, we're going to do a drawing. Here it goes. If you want to be in this, go drop a comment. Who's going to break the slate tomorrow? Or go like and retweet, and I'll get you on there again. You can get on there twice. Hey, Anderson Matthew, shoot me a DM. Or if you're on the Discord, uh, reach out to me over there. We're making a Millie Maker ticket tonight, me, you, and John. Because I got 3,000 followers on Twitter, I'm doing two Millie Maker tickets tonight because the big guy is happy. John with hey, I know that guy. I, I, yeah, John, shoot me a DM tonight. Uh, let's uh, let's make a Millie Maker ticket, and then one for the Patreon, a Millie Maker ticket for all my motherfathers over in the Discord, uh, which is run through the Patreon. Come check it out, Sheer Hunt, Sheer Leah Badass. All right, guys, that's it, man. If you want to come check it out, don't forget me and John post all of our Sims, our projections, our ownership over on the Discord. You see all those notifications? That's motherfathers signing up because people want to be a part of our badass community. It's very cool over there. Only one asshole. It's me. All right, that's it, man. Come check out all the shit I do. I appreciate you guys being here. I hope you kick some ass tomorrow, but more importantly, I hope you enjoy my outro, you motherfucker.